Rose, I, I just can't make it go away. It's done now. I can't wish the circumstances or the thing away. And you don't want to either. Maybe you want to wish me and my boy away. Maybe that's what you want. But you can't wish us away. I got 18 years of my life invested in you. You ought to stay in that bed upstairs where you belong. Now listen to me. We can get a handle on this thing. We can talk it out. Come to an understanding. All of a sudden it's we. Where were we when you were down there rolling around with that godforsaken woman? We should have come to an understanding before you started making a damn fool of yourself. You're a day late and a dollar short when it comes to an understanding with me. Rose, it's just that she gave me a different idea, a different understanding about myself. I can step out of this house and get away from the, the pressures and the problems. Be a different man. I ain't got to worry about how I'm going to get the roof fixed or how I'm going to pay the bills. I can just, just be a part of myself I've never been before. What I want to know is, what I want to know is do you plan to continue seeing her? That's all you can say to me. I can sit up in a house and laugh. And you understand what I'm saying. I can laugh out loud and it feels good and reach all the way down to the bottom of my shoes, Rose. I, but I can't give that up. Maybe you ought to go down there and stay with her. She a better woman than me. Ain't about nobody being a better woman or nothing, Rose. You ain't to blame. A man couldn't ask for a better wife than you've been. I'm responsible for it. I done locked myself into a pattern trying to take care of y'all that I forgot about myself. What the hell was I there for? That was my job, not somebody else's. Rose, listen to me. I done tried all my life to live decent, to live a clean, hard, useful life. I tried to be a good husband to you in every way that I know how. Maybe I come into the world backwards, I don't know. But you're born with two strikes on you before you can even come to the plate. You've got to guard it closely, always looking for the curveball in the inside corner. Can't afford to call a strike. You can't let nothing get past you. If you're down, you're going down swinging. Everything lined up against you. What you going to do? I fooled them, Rose. I bunted. I found you and Corey in a halfway decent job, and I was safe. Couldn't nothing touch me. I wasn't going to strike out no more. I wasn't going back to the penitentiary. I wasn't going to lie out in the street with a bottle of wine. I was safe. I had me a family, a, a, a job. I wasn't going to get that last strike. I was standing on first base, waiting for one of them boys to knock me in to bring me home. should have stayed in my bed, Troy. Then I saw the gal. She firmed up my backbone. I got to thinking that if I tried, maybe I could still second. You understand what you I'm saying? You should have held me tight. You should have grabbed me and held second. on. I stood on first base for 18 years, and I thought, well, God damn it, go on forth. We ain't talking about baseball. We ain't talking about, we talking about you going off and laying up with another woman and bringing it home to me. That's Rose, what we talking about. We're not talking about no baseball. I'm trying to explain it to you the best way that I know how. It ain't easy for me to admit that I've been standing in the same place for 18 well, years. Well, I've been standing there with you. I've been right there with you, Troy. I had a life too. I gave 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. Don't you think I ever wanted other things? Don't you think I had dreams and hopes? What about my life? What about me? Don't you think it ever crossed my mind to ever want to know other men? That I would want to lay up somewhere and forget my responsibilities. That I wanted someone to make me laugh so that I could feel good. You're not the only one who's got wants and needs. But I held on to you, Troy. 
I took all my feelings, my wants, my needs and dreams, and I buried them inside you. Now that is the year. I'm just waiting for Denzel. Any of y'all want to call? Put me on a film. Put me and Pat P. Ryan on a film. We ready. I'm going to be crying my eyes out. We ready. We have 42 episodes of script okay, to show that we are ready. <laughs> we got a full audition reel, bitch. We really do have a full audition reel. We really do. Plus bloopers. We really, oh, sh- the bloopers, we, we definitely got those. Wow, P. Ryan. That was deep. That was fences. Such a great movie. Yes. And to think I thought the beginning was boring. When I saw that movie for, for the first time, it kind of caught me off guard when Denzel disclosed to his friend that he had been having an affair. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. And his friend was no good because he kept that secret. But he followed the five agreements. He minded his business. He sure did. Mm. Well, guys, hi. <laughs> you good, P. Ryan? I'm, no. <laughs> but we'll get there, I guess. The skit got you shook. It's not just a skit, child. But guys, welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast, where you may have buried your life inside somebody. Oof, help Mm. me. Mm. Well, I didn't do that shit, but but it it, it feels like it's deep, okay? Or you may have... Tried to get the second base, third Mm. base. True. But we'll never hang up on you. Too. We might make you get to second or third base. We okay? can help you get there. But not a home run yet. Because <laughs> I'm a 90. <laughs> I'm done with shit. As always, chickens, I am P. Ryan. Find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. What's up? I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Find us both. Mm-hmm. On Instagram and Twitter at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. If you're looking to contact us, feel free to do so. Uh, you can send your emails, your feedback, uh, show feedback, relationship advice, uh, your love, your prayers. Send it all to HungUpPod at gmail.com or click the email link on our Instagram page or you can message us on Facebook mm-hmm. and don't forget the icing on the cake rate and review <laughs> I was trying to make that like a tune but it didn't work out rate and review us <laughs> Apple Podcasts SoundCloud Google Play Stitcher anywhere you can find a man who will slide in your DMs and be like I'm gonna just keep it real I'm just trying to get that ass okay that happened to me today nice did he get it though no, because I'm a lady. Come on for sliding in them <laughs> DMs, though. What'd you say? I'm going to say, all right, for it. Bitch, it was jacked. It wasn't like Instagram. It don't count. Oh, shit. <laughs> Everybody trying to fuck on jacked. Yeah, basically. Use my language, guys. This this episode was brought to you by Excuse Merlot. <laughs> California Merlot. <laughs> and this is why. Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Hi. <laughs> are you well? I'm trying to be. What's going on? Um, It's just one of those, just one of them days that Ryan goes through. Um, I'm just tired. I'm really tired. And I think there are moments in life where, like, you feel like 
everything that you try to aspire towards, all the things that you're working hard for, just like so many roadblocks keep coming up, right? And it feels like you're never going to get to that end goal. And it's really frustrating and it sucks when that is combined with other struggles in your life. And I'm trying to stay positive. So I've really just been telling myself that God has not brought me this far to have me out here looking crazy. And I got that from Dr. Kia. So shout out to Dr. Kia from um, Getting Grown Podcast. But like, it is... There's so much to that song. Come too far from where you are. You Tina or Erica? (laughs) That's a song for you. Nobody told me that the the road would be easier. I don't believe Uh he's brought me this far to leave me. <laughs> no, but I really don't. I don't believe he has brought me this far to leave me. I'm trying to stay positive. On days like these, though, I will say it's very hard to stay in that positive space, and it really sucks. And I'm just trying to press through, and I'm happy to be in the land of the living. I'm happy to be in our service one more time because he didn't have to let me live, but I'm what? Glad to be in the service <laughs> one more time. And I'm going to push through this show and hopefully feel better by the end. Oh. It'll be great. It'll be fabulous. Don't worry. Smile. Okay. Well, it's good how, to see you. Oh, <laughs> like, how about you? Oh, that's about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good how, to see you. Uh, yes, thank you. It's good to see you too. It's good to be seen. Yes, it He's has. By one man this week. <laughs> okay. And others via DM. Please. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Boo Boo? How are you? This week has been an eventful week. Um, weather and alike. <laughs> like eventful in the weather? Weather and everything else. Oh, I yeah. just feel I like the weather's been away. crazy. Just mm-hmm. everything's been just crazy. I think a lot of us are tired because we're still getting um, used to this time adjustment. A few of uh, my coworkers brought that up today. One of the ladies was like, yo, I'm... I'm still getting, I'm, uh, you know, used to the time moving forward. And I thought about that for yeah. a second. I was like, you know what? I think we're all, in, let me let me not say we're all, but I think a lot of us no are saying. still. We out here. Getting, <laughs> just tired and late from this time change. Were you late to work? Today I wasn't. Mm-mm. Yesterday I was. Yeah. I was like 20 minutes late. On the first day of daylight savings, the time gave to me. <laughs> A pink slip. Waking up at 8.30, okay? (laughs) (laughs) When my ass should have been up at 6 o'clock. I was stressed. You hear me? 8.30? 30. You supposed to be up at 6? I woke up like, girl, am I dreaming? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Am I in the twilight zone? I was so lucky that I I could roll up into that externship without anybody really clocking my tea because I had a client, like, later on in the day. But, like, bruh. (laughs) When I tell you I was shook, I was shook. It's the worst waking up and you know you it's the are wrong time. late. Mm-hmm. And it better not be an air flight because that is the worst. I hate that anxiety, like, rushing because I'm late for a flight. Mm-hmm. That happened um, to me once. You know what I did? Never was late again. You went, because I was just like, I'm not about to rush. <laughs> pick your battles, right? Okay. <laughs> you said this is not one. <laughs> the battle was not mine. It was the Lord's. Okay. <laughs> and Loki, I missed my friend's wedding. But hey. I feel like I remember when that happened. And this wasn't that long ago. 
Somebody has to be the trash friend. Why not me? Okay. Sorry, guys. Anywho. Yes. Um, so. I made some time this week to really just chill with a couple of folks and see how they were doing. Just do a little check-in. You know how we do our check-ins on the show? Mm-hmm. It's really like a real thing. Like We have to check in. We have to be intentional about seeing how our people are doing, being intentional about being present in the conversation and listening to them. Um, I had to tell, and go say any names, but they listeners of the show. I won't say no names. I just have a, a couple of friends uh, recently. Get off your phone. Like, okay. when friends come together to hang out, get off social media. Or, all right, I think that's unrealistic. Don't be planted in your phone. You know what I'm saying? The entire time. It's they just like, what is the purpose of us like being together in each other's space? Like, we could be, we could just group me. Mm, true. For all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just just take the time to be more present. But I think that's also like a personality thing. I think some people are just naturally less inclined or more inclined to be distracted by our gadgets. Yeah. So it's not it's not everyone's a horrible friend. It's just some people are just, you know. They're into it. It's and their some thing. people are bad friends. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Portia is a bad friend. <laughs> right. Some people are. Some people are. <laughs> so uh, over the weekend, I saw Black Panther again. Oh, I'm jealous of you. So it was really dope. Just to you know, you see a movie a couple of times, you get something different mm-hmm. each time. I feel like since I knew the plot for the most part, this time around, I was paying more attention to the special effects because you know especially you know the action scenes the fighting the fighting the fighting scenes <laughs> I feel like I can't talk it's the merlot yeah. um, it's a lot going on so it's a lot of shit it's a lot of <laughs> shit that's going on on the big screen so this time I was able to pay a little closer attention to the special effects the clothing the hair designs the colors there's so much color in this movie it's just really really cool Nice. Now, that's a part of the Marvel series, Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just put a little bit of our business out there. You know, we're still trying to read and a lot I think of it. They in. say it is a part but two. But we plan to coming. have like a little friend time catch up, not podcast affiliated, right? So I'm assuming this includes cuddles. Me and you. Me, it's me and you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think what our friendship date should be, just putting it out there, what? we have to binge the Marvel movies because Infinity Wars is coming. No, I'm down with that. At least a couple of them, because that's actually a lot of movies. And I, I might not have the spirit, but... <laughs> you're actually the one person that I miss watching TV with. Like, Ooh. I wish we could watch more TV together. And cuddle. <laughs> I'm here for the cuddle. There's nothing wrong with But yeah, sorry to cut off your No, uh, to tie my check-in up, I wanted to tell you that this week I made my childhood favorite it's kind of this weird I feel like a lot of people just have these weird food combinations I'm ready to judge you that they make <laughs> they put together in the secret in the privacy of their own home <laughs> so it's no judgment but to this day I still eat hamburger helper mixed with applesauce Because I am your friend. It's when we so hang out, we're gonna have it. Good. We're gonna have it. I'm gonna taste it. Oh my god. Now we're gonna have to have a backup meal in case my spirit can't take it. But, <laughs> but I'm gonna taste it. 
Hamburger helper and applesauce. Yeah, mix you it. better do it. Mix it. And cinnamon applesauce, I think. Well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but, I'm here for it. Yep. Yeah. So I'll make it for you. Some people like I that. still have some, actually. <laughs> okay, live show experiment. And I have applesauce in here. Should we take a break while I prepare no, you? No, let's do little, it live. Well, All no, right. I need to warm it up. No, I'm just getting cold. You know I'm a cold ass bitch. See, I'm trying to give him the experience. The actual experience. Okay, so we'll take a break before the hung pop and for, have um, a spoonful. <laughs> just a spoonful of sugar. Makes I'm trying to think of one of those down. cooking shows. Uh, we Ina Garden. What? Ina Garden? Isn't that the Barefoot Contestant? I'm probably mixing up all of them. Okay, whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. It's good to see you. Good to be back. It's good to be synced, okay? Good to be talking with the people. Same, yeah. So let's just move right along to our listeners, our listener feedback. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so last week we talked about conflict, and we really appreciate you guys, as always, send your feedback. Send your, you know, inquiries. If you have, you know, a relationship issue and you need some advice, send it yeah. to us, girl. Hungapod Hungapod at gmail.com. right? <laughs> <laughs> but y'all did send some, like, really dope shit. And so I wanted to highlight, whether it be through the DMs, whether it be through um, hungapod at gmail.com, you guys sent some awesome feedback. Um, so let me see. Overall, the consensus was people did not know their conflict resolution styles, right? They did not know, excuse me, how they dealt with conflict. But at the end of the day, everyone said that... I'm glad we had the conversation then. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, everyone said that conflict sometimes can be really difficult, but at the same time, conflict can be really healthy. Um, the when we brought kind of back in the situation with me in the church, which is still an ongoing thing, which probably adds to why I'm so shitty today. Um, I don't know. Like, everyone was kind of just saying that, like, they've had sometimes conflict with the church, like a lot of our audience members. So it was really just dope to see that a lot of people um, resonated with the episode. Um, I wanted to highlight one listener who's never really emailed the show before. His name was Brandon Roberts. Um, and he just wanted to affirm us as a black gay podcast. And the reason why I wanted to hype this one up is because he said, P. Ryan, you are my spirit animal. Thanks, girl. Happy to be in your spirit or whatever. And he said, Eric, your voice gets me. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. Now, let me tell you something, Eric. For those of you who don't, we're just, I'm going to just put this one out there oh too. Oh, God. Eric man, uh, manages like some parts of our social media outreach, and I kind of manage the um, emails, right? I kind of read the emails and screen them for the show. And Eric, by and large, that voice has the people wet, okay? That, I'm, I'm E. Dante Cole, <laughs> okay? They'd be like, Eric, that voice, what? how are you I'm, single? I'm Here's my it. number. I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? I'm single. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure none of that is going on. You want me to pull the receipts? Because I have And them. I really appreciate it because let me tell you guys, before hitting puberty, my Your voice, voice was, was the total opposite. <laughs> Oh, you laugh because it's true. Okay, that's fine. I couldn't even get it out, y'all, before he was like... I'm good with my high voice because I can hit some notes. 
Nah. <laughs> now, listen, my voice was higher than yours. Okay. I remember calling my, my mom. My stepmom was a nurse. And she, I would call her job sometime, and they'd be like, Charlene, your daughter's on the phone. Yes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> listen, we see each other, okay? Listen, y'all. Because people used to think I was my mama. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> your mama? Yes. <laughs> At like, such a young age. Hey, hey Miss P. Ryan. Miss hey, no, it's <laughs> <this is> me. <laughs> your mama. Not a little girl, but a mama. Okay. I'm concerned. A full girl auntie. Right. I'm if you will. With <laughs> My auntie training began early. Okay. No, but Eric, the Listen. people are out here for you. And so this is why nah, I think. I'm glad y'all enjoy it. It's about to be summer hoeing season, right? Okay. Oh, so why not play, have a matchmaking game? So in a couple months, maybe in May or June, we're going to have a matchmaking episode. You guys send no. your profiles in. No. Tell us what you know about Eric. Tell us how you what? connect with Eric. No. And we're going to get it no, popping. It's going to be an episode. That. One of the ones that I lead, so you have no decision making in this. Yes. You guys okay. Matchmaker. <laughs> Watch me come with a theme song. Matchmaker. <laughs> and then Bravo won't have a choice but to give you a reality show. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Gay Man's Matchmaker, a show. <laughs> All right, child. Well, let me stop playing, even though I'm not really playing because we're going to have this episode. But let's get into the show. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. So what you so, got for us this week, P. Here's Ryan? Here's what <laughs> So <laughs> this past week, you know, you talked about a lot of the activities that you, you know, kind of did kind of went back to childhood in a way I went back to childhood too because I spent a lot of time with my parents and this is kind of like a theme my ass has not been going out lately right I've been at home with my parentals Mm -hmm. um and this weekend we had like not to delve too far into their business but we had a really deep talk about various different things so we had a talk about mental health we talked about what it is to get into relationships and to plan for children if that is your ministry and then one conversation that like really stuck out to me was kind of like a a late life crisis right early life well yeah so we we all recognize that we have like these quarter life crises crises right like in your 20s or even in your 30s we have like quarter three quarter midlife Mm -hmm. half life -life. full life but a lot of people don't talk about like the late life right crises that may come up and so when i was talking to my parents they were just like yo it's really it's a journey that we're taking to understand the fact that like you and your sibling or siblings not to give you too much mommy in this you know are are quite grown and are doing your own thing and you know my parents were just like okay luckily we did some things that made us passionate but now we're in a space where we're thinking about the things that we didn't do that we always thought about you know what if what if we went after this what if we went after that what if you know we tried to figure out how to manage a, a partner and a family but also stuck to our dreams and they were just like they don't really have regrets because they're really doing the things that they're passionate about even though there are other things that they are interested in but we started talking about the people who really sacrifice all of their passions and prioritize that partner and prioritize that family what happens when you reach that certain age where your children are grown and doing their own thing your partner has either passed or divorced you or is old too and trying to figure out 
this life changed, so ain't really worried about you. It's right? a lot of women yeah. going through that who women are single and, mothers mm-hmm. who raise their children. But I will say, and <clears> men <throat> too. I think it comes mm-hmm. off, I think we're so quick to be like, okay, it's women, because a lot of time, you know, you, you have that visual of the woman who's, you know, her children have gone, she's trying to figure out her life, she's having a struggle, you know, creating this new identity. But what about the man who's who may have had this, <clears throat> who may have fit this kind of role of being a quote-unquote provider, right? right? Or having this certain job and being kind of defined by the fact that, you know, he lives a certain life, he can provide for his family. What happens when your family really doesn't need you? And so you're older and you look back and it's kind of just like, did I really do what I wanted to do? Mm. Right? And so me and my parents kind of, like, we didn't really process it deeply, but we talked about this space of kind of being in the what the fuck do I do? And we realize that 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 question comes up in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, down to the grave. Your whole life. You're always thinking what do I do now? But what happens when you hit that stage? So I wanted to kind of bring it into this conversation and talk about some of the goals, you know, instead of waiting until we're our 70s and 60s, kind of thinking about it now, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe talking about some of our goals that maybe we've put on pause or um, we've kind of let go because we have this ideal of, okay, being on a one-track mind, you know, having that one partner, having that, you know, 2.5 kids and kind of living this specific role until we're told that role is up, right? Um, So I guess I can start off by asking you, you know, what are some goals that you, if any, that you've put on pause and maybe why have you put them on pause? Um... Growing up, I was into a lot of things. Um, More than tennis? Yeah. Mm. I was really active in sports in general. I enjoyed, um, like, fashion and modeling. I enjoyed photography. Mm. Um, I enjoyed building things. I was really good at building things. So I had a lot of, like, Legos and... Uh, like the log cabin houses that the you know kids would have, you could put those together. I was really good at having an imagination because for most of my childhood, I was the only child. So you got to use your imagination. <laughs> um, I was really good at a lot of things. Um, unfortunately... My father, uh, his response to discipline was usually taking me out of whatever extracurricular, whatever mm-hmm. it was that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said I love I love music. I said I was in the choir. Yeah. Um, I played all types of instruments. I could play the piano at one point. I could read music. I could write music. Um, I was into like all of that stuff. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, we, me and you, we watched a clip from Notes from the Field. Mm-hmm. And I know you said you're going to watch the rest of that. Um, there's another part of that um, performance where she talks about <clears throat> a lot of parents don't understand children. And what she meant by that, she said, 
when we when we get mad at children, our response is to push them further away, and we do that by disciplining them, mm-hmm. sending them to juvenile centers, um, taking them out of things, taking things away from them, cursing them out. You know, we do parents do all types of things to push their children further away when the reaction should be, I need you to actually be closer and come closer. So my things that have been put on pause, a lot of that is because of that. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I had to first learn how to forgive him so that way I can stop like blaming, you know, not being that asshole adult that has all these mommy and daddy issues blaming them for everything when you, so oh. but yeah um i named a lot of things but tennis was really you know and still is a passion of mine you know that i still do it when i can um and i would really like to get back into um photography yeah. that, that that's something else that i kind of put on pause um acting yeah. Just really being a creative. You mentioned putting <clears throat> those things on pause because of the influence of your your parent. Um, did were you also influenced to put them on pause to like aspire for like toward like educational goals as well, or was it just because you know after a while your parent just kept stripping those things away from you? I guess I didn't know because I mean after. A point in time, I was no longer with my dad. You know what I mean? I left home at 17 to go to Morgan State. So I think that things went the way that they went post-high school graduation because I didn't necessarily have the fundamentals or I didn't learn the, the lessons that I needed to learn. Those passions kind of weren't nurtured in the beginning. They weren't nurtured, so I didn't know how to nurture them on my own. yeah. Yeah. You know, I yearn for them, and I still do. But I don't know how to always go about making things happen that I may really want. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that answer? I hope. It does, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you intend to revisit them? Yeah. I want to say like four or five episodes ago, I mentioned um, returning to my childhood. You did. As a way to reclaim my voice, um, which is something that I'm still discovering. Mm. So a part of that is, yeah, going back to those things. Mm -hmm. I get frustrated when I don't necessarily know how. Join the club, child. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure all the creatives in the circle, you know, unless you have like a, a fine-tuned network, get frustrated when you don't know how, right? Yeah. But in a way, that's kind of like what makes the journey so beautiful, right? Not just gaining what you're working towards, but kind of... Discovering that. Yeah, figuring it out. Well, I, didn't I just read myself from the check-in? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <So crazy. laughs> what about you? Any goals that you've put on pause? Would that be from your childhood or recently? Or So I want to say no, but I'm lying. I want to say, I can say like I'm kind of a flip of your story, right? And, or maybe like a flip from the narratives that me and like my parents brought up. So 
the reason why I wanted to say no off bat was because it's like I, I'm really passionate about what I want to do, and I, I try even if it's just like a tiny bit to to go after these things. So whether it be you know this hustle with mental health, whether it be the hustle with music, whether it be you know any passion, the sexuality studies, and you know being more just like sexual, right, or more of a sexual being. Like, I'm very passionate about these things, but I think the thing that I've given up that I didn't realize I, you know, was quite passionate about until recently, and it could be like a coming-of-age thing, I'm in a space where I'm willing to sacrifice having a family. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think while I'm not necessarily pressed to be married, because I really am not, this has been here since middle school. Like, I'm, I really... I'm not pressed about marriage. I would love to be a partner, if that makes sense, right? I would love to, like, know someone and, like, help them not only reach their goals, but have them help me reach mine and, like, really just be a support system. In the same way, I would love to have at least one child and give, you know, love to that child. But one thing that I'm finding is, you know, as I look at my mentors and, like, I have these conversations with people who are kind of in the space where I want to be, Relationships and children are expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And that expense can cut into maybe your expense of the expenses that you need or the, the funds that you need or like the resources you Time need and monetary. to achieve your goals, Yeah, right? So I'm in this weird space of like, I feel like later down the road, I'm going to have to make a choice between putting family and <clears throat> partnerships on pause to really get to where I want to be. And I think I'm even doing that now. And it's like, while on most days it kind of feels like nothing, there, there's a point in time where it's just like, no, this is something that you are truly sacrificing so that you can be selfish and so that you can look back and be like, I've done all the things I wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been in that space for the past, like, two and a half years. Mm. Um, like making the conscious effort to be like, okay, I'm sacrificing, you know, being in a relationship to take this time to self-nurture. Yeah. Um, but moving forward, I, I would have to agree with you 100%. Um, I would like to be in a companionship, a partnership mm-hmm. with someone who can help elevate me. Listen, I've come a long way. I've done some great things. I have a lot to bring to the table. But at the same time, I acknowledge that, you know, there's a door somewhere in my mind that's closed. And I just... And and I know God knows this, you know, like I'm just willing and open to learn. You know, I think the best teachers are the best learners. Mm -hmm. And... Um, just having that exchange, that one-on-one exchange with somebody, yeah. I think is really um, intimate. Yeah, but it's super tough, right? Because at the end of the day, having known you, Eric, I feel like you have an idea of the type of partner you'd like, right? I have an idea of the type of partner that I'd, I, I'd like, right? And we both said we've kind of put that on pause to kind of do what we need to do to be our best selves. So at the same time, I think we're putting partners on pause because we don't want them to like distract from us. But dare I say that we're also putting these partners on pause because we don't want to distract from them being their best selves 
or from taking or from not reaching that ideal that we have for them, right? So where do we get to the point where we can say, okay, we've reached a a certain level or we've reached, you know, a certain check mark in our journey where it's now time to come together? Like, what will the sign be? You know, what will the moment be? Or like, are we just, will there never be a moment and we need to just dive into it? There's so many questions. I've been there, P. Ryan. Yeah. And all I can say is after you do that, you make that conscious effort like you you can just crack. Mm -hmm. You can just fall. You know what I mean? It's it's really brave. It's really, um, it's tough. Especially when you're in a situation where you love someone, they love you, but you love them enough, or vice versa, you love them enough to let them go so they can be a better person. You know that they deserve better. And, you know, and I think we've talked about this on the show. I don't want to go too much into my personal shit, but I think I've already put it out there. (laughs) You know, that I, you know, I've been down this road. (laughs) Take notes. And it's, it's tough, and I think after dealing with a situation like that, I think it is very one. You know, there are lots of fears and things that I guess to be scared of um, going into something new and being vulnerable. But I think one of them is getting that close to someone again mm-hmm. and having your heart broken again because you know what that feels like. That yeah. is enough to make you be like, you know what. I'm good. good. Mm-hmm. But there's no reward without risk. That's true. That's a word. And I really hope y'all heard that. Yeah. While you were saying, you know, if you love something, let it go. <laughs> All I could think of was Christina Aguilera. <laughs> it said, if you love something, let it go. <laughs> what song was if that? If it comes out the show, that's how you know. It's what keeps, yeah, it's for sure. Before Christina Aggie said it, Mariah did in Butterfly. The song Butterfly from the album Butterfly. Sometimes it's the most painful thing. sacrificing certain goals, certain dreams to, you know, accommodate other things in your life or other life situations. So I wonder, you know, and again, this conversation started off talking about people who've reached a certain age and now feel like it's too late and live in regret. But do you think it's too late to ever start again for your, like, your dreams? Nope. Mm, Tell me more. What if my dream is to be Beyonce and now I am 75 
and can hardly hit a boom cap. <laughs> can barely okay. get a one-two. Um, I don't think it's it's never too late to stop dreaming, but I think we have to be realistic with our dreams. Mm. We have to tell ourselves the truth about what it is we are really willing to do um, because I don't think it's about what we can't do. I think it's about what we are really willing to do. Yeah, That's yeah. where we have to be truthful and honest mm-hmm. with ourselves. Um, and we can, you know, really be truthful and honest with ourselves. You know, that's when, like I was talking about that door that's closed. These doors can kind of open up and we can experience something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we have practiced that over and over and over again, by the time we get to 75, we ain't going to be trying to be Beyonce. But <laughs> it might be, you know, something else. Yeah. You know, at 75, I want to, you know pack the fuck up and leave mm-hmm. and just go travel around the world with my backpack. You know what I mean? Who and knows? not to quote too much from like Hey Friend, Hey from the friend zone. Shout out, beautiful friend. We love you. <laughs> um, but sometimes, you know, it's all about alignment, right? Yeah. And maybe that dream that you kind of held off on for such a long time, maybe that door really has closed. And maybe you're what you were aligned with was not for you to walk through the door, but maybe it was for you to open up the window and stick your head through Right? Mm-hmm. So it's never, oh, you're a certain age or a certain amount of time has passed, let go of that dream. But literally, as you were saying, tailor that dream to work for where you are, for your situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like the door is how never, you put that. The door may be closed. The door is closed. <laughs> the door, <laughs> the door, is the door closed. may be closed, but there's always an opening in the house, right? There's a vent that leads to the chimney. There's a window that you can crack, right? There's something. Okay, there's a fire escape. Okay? You got it. Yes, P. Ryan. Make it work for you, sweetheart. Yeah. It's never too... Look at that lady. Case in point, we talked about Black Panther and how it showed such variety, right? But I think we... You know, just focus more so on like the cultural variety. But there was even such an age variety. There's an actress yeah. on Black Panther who was kind of like one of the tribe members, the yeah. queens, or yeah, like the yeah. leaders of the tribe. Yeah. She started acting at 80 something. Yeah. And at 90 something landed this role with Ryan Coogler. Come on. You can't tell me that it's too late for anything. Look at look at our mother, Cicely Tyson. <laughs> okay. Still working, and she's about to cut 100 years mm-hmm. old. Telling Carrie Hilson at, that she's cleaning up everybody's mess yeah. when she spilled stew on her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can do it. You we can, can do, do it. All things. All right. Yeah. Now let's look at the opposite side. Though, what if you don't do anything? Because <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. I know how that's do, real. Like we. Yeah. yeah. But not only my question isn't really how does not doing anything impact you because we realize okay your goals aren't going to go anywhere. How does staying stagnant or like not pursuing those dreams indefinitely impact those around you? Mm. I think that we all come into this world with something special and a gift that to offer people. Mm-hmm. And we also have this um, unlimited amount of love to, to pour out. Right, even when we don't realize that we do. Um, shit, I feel like I'm getting off track. Mm-hmm. Ask me like, the question again. How do you think <laughs> the lack of pursuing your dreams or pursuing your goals impacts those around us? Yeah, 
So by not following those dreams or not tapping into or realizing what your what your uh, gift is, what you are here for, what your purpose is, mm-hmm. um, it absolutely impacts other people because everything we do impacts other people. I think we are w- way more connected than we like to admit and acknowledge. Um, and not doing something and, you know, not acting in love, that's someone else being neglected mm-hmm. of something, you know. On your worst day, just giving an example, on your worst day, you could still be a blessing to somebody, even if it's just one person that you never knew, that you didn't even realize was there while you were maybe walking down the street or maybe taking a phone call in the office. You never know how you reach and impact people. Mm-hmm. We get so stuck in our in our minds, and we really think the world is the video that's playing between these two eyeballs, and that's not it. Mm. It's not it. Mm. It's a lot of shit. It's a lot of shit. Cecil is full of shit. <laughs> we gonna get there. Are we gonna get there? I don't even know. I don't even know. But we, we need to teach you a we, <laughs> Okay? There's always time yeah. for Married with Medicine. But I do but agree anyway. what you're saying. Like, the vibe we give off definitely permeates into the lives and souls of others, Right? And so I, I even think of like, you know, the upcoming generation or those who are like younger than us. If they view us not really fighting to pursue our dreams, what makes them feel like they can achieve theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think of that because I, I look at my parents and it was so funny that we are the ones who had this conversation. Okay, yes, I acknowledge the fact that my parents may not have achieved every dream in their dream book, right? But their core passions, they definitely strive to accomplish and they did and not only did they accomplish them they literally came from another country big up on herself (laughs) and made that dream happen so when i look at them the one of the driving forces and the reason why i even have that exchange of okay i'm ready to give up partnership and family to make my dreams happen is that i know it's possible if somebody can come from a place of no resource come here struggle and strife to bring mm. their their dreams alive and provide for their family how how dare i not you know yeah so i really real. think it, it not only impacts those you know in your horizontal sphere but those you know coming up Ooh, so, yes yeah. i like that that's gonna tie into my <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna tie into my hung up so i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up yes man mm-hmm not bay for real don't forget the game show is coming um gosh last kind of like a final thought question for you right Mm -hmm. because although we talked about all the positives of like breaking you know the barriers and like not breaking the barriers merlot okay help me (laughs) all the positives of like reaching for your goals and not worrying about you know the other life circumstances you may have child how do you break that cycle right so if you've been taught to you know, adjust your life and to kind of cast off your goals to focus on one particular thing and to, you know, have a particular life and to do what you need to do to get by, how do you break that cycle and be like, nah, I'm going to do everything that increases my quality of life at the end of the day, makes me have no regrets at the end of the day? Yeah. How do we break that cycle? 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Okay. I feel like we break, we finally break the cycle when we have that moment where we scream out loud that we've just had enough. Enough is enough. Okay. Because it's going to take some shit. It's going to take a lot of shit to get us there. But once we're finally there, I think we will, most of us, um, a lot of us, some of us will commit to making a change. Because what we have to acknowledge, Eric, is like, fitting into kind of like the status quo and to maybe like cutting off all of like the risky goals and to, you know, stick to the ones that seem surefire, it's comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. It assures a certain lifestyle. It assures like, you know, a certain trajectory. And by the, you know, the time you're 60, you ain't too bad off. Right. And when know? it doesn't and you see someone else being successful, you mad. Mm-hmm. Because we became so comfortable with an idea and a thought about how how our lives were going to be. And when that doesn't work out, shit just starts falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, that was really cute. Thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dope conversation. It yes, it was. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the Hong Kong. You know, we won't stop. <laughs> and I like to drink hey. when it gets too hard. Hey, what's up, Hong a lot got you feeling real good okay and you know i'm up in the hood <laughs> on 68 real good oh my goodness they might know where you at now and you want to drop it on some wood uh, let them know Greg. because you got that good good, good. Hey, 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 and you Look walk around daddy, like i wish daddy. a nigga would hey i really do i really do i do i do i do loving hip-hop Philadelphia. Mona Scott Young, we know you listen to the show. You gotta tag her in this episode. Mona? Mona. Did Love you and see Hip Hop Philadelphia. Uh, Love and Hip Hop Miami. Reunion? So I'm gonna just put my business out here. I've been on spring break this week, even though I've been working my ass off. But I've been staying up extra late so I can. I watched all of Love and Hip Hop New York and I am now watching Hip Hop Miami. Okay. It's too much. How do you, you feel about <laughs> Mr. Bobby Lights? So I believe in unity in the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to give my sis a good, you know, you got that, right? I, I was pissed to see that she was played, okay? By, by her man, boyfriend? By her boyfriend, who is with this man who has this, like, masculine Issue. obsession. Yeah, they covered does. it on the read, so I won't. But I was pissed, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, Bobby Light, you, you, you deserve to be punished for what you did to Bobby Light, Okay. <laughs> Now, yeah. at the same time, got to hold my nigga accountable. Bobby Lights went on The Breakfast Club, and they asked, what kind of man do you like? And he said something. A man. I'm paraphrasing. I like a man, you know, like a, a boy. Like, sis, what? What? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you are dressed up in a, a, a nice heel. I wonder how old he is. A skirt, a fishnet, makeup. Girl, you wear makeup, sis. You are still a boy. What do you mean you like a boy? Now, I can understand <laughs> you saying, okay, because we all have preferences, so I can understand you saying, okay, I like someone who, you know, presents more masculine. That's your preference. I can't really say anything about that. but I, I think, think that's what he was trying to say. It was what he was trying to say, and I don't want to come for him too much because it would emphasize, like, kind of, like, elitism and, like, classism based on, like, 
the words that you would have to say to describe what you really want. Mm. But I just feel like, you know, you're going on a national platform. You're going on The Breakfast Club. Like, you describing your preference, but in such, like, a weird way. Listen, that is not the worst that we've seen. Just watch the show. (laughs) Oh, there's more? (laughs) No, I'm just saying, I feel like their behavior sometimes just on the show in general Mm -hmm. is just like outlandish it's crazy Mm. so it's just like that didn't really bring me to a point where i felt like oh i gotta school bobby on how to be proper when uh, bobby ain't proper i don't want to school i don't want to school him on how to be proper i just want him to be aware of how No, it looks like it's he's important like, that he knows. he's showing like internalized homophobia, right? Because it's it's so interesting that, or that he wants to play into this heteronormative trope. So it's so interesting that he, you know, is you know more softer presenting. But you, you know, I want a man. Like I need him. And and have you heard him rapping? No. So I wonder. Um, that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because I wonder how much that plays into it, if if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway. But at the same time, I can see where he's coming from because, bitch, I know my team. You know and what I mean? And I wonder, you know, being a rapper, like being in the industry, mm-hmm. how much that is pressuring him to kind of conform into like a certain a lane. It could be. Yeah. You know. I'm, I'm not going to come for him too know. hard because what's the difference between him saying he wants a boy and me saying, my nigga, I want a Q? You know, they're. Yeah. Apples and apples, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> but hey, Bobby Lights is interesting. Anywho. So, I wanted to, last week before we started recording, you yeah. asked me if I had gotten into Auntie Ayala. I didn't because ask you, I accosted your text messages. It's a new series. <laughs> yes, yeah, it you is. did. You I did. really didn't you pull did. your shit up. <laughs> I think that um, it's about three or four episodes in, but the very first episode. Kamaya. With Kamaya. Kamaya was going to whoop Ayana's ass. You, you heard you, me? Well, you said to me, um, you know, have you seen it? And I was just like, no, but I noticed Auntie got her braids in, and you was like... It's a good thing she did, because she would have tore that wig off. Ayana was ready to fight, okay? I was cackling, and I was like... She was like, that man-looking-ass bitch. I was yeah, like, oh, my gosh. She was like... Kamaya was Ronda was ready. Off. But I think Ayala... So let's let's just talk about this because mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you because now that I've seen it and I have a couple of feelings about it, I feel like this is another example of Ayala just pushing hard. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think sometimes she does too much. Cross the boundary, and I, yeah. let me be specific: you told her she could leave, but what you also told her was, <laughs> "I told your people not into the phone." <laughs> And Patrick, isn't isn't that what fired Kamaya off to oh, begin with? She said, you that's, did what? That's what started. <laughs> She's like, nah, nah. That's what started the shit. And I it was, told you stop talking to me. And it was downhill from there because you basically told this girl you can't leave. What right? had me cackling? You know, Ayala is a messy person, right? <laughs> she was peeking through the door. She's like, by the way. Right, and then she I was told giving the you the Jack Nicholson from Shining. <laughs> She giving you the Jack Nicholson from Shining, like, and by the and way, and the way she be laughing at you, it ain't right. It's a little sinister, it ain't and right. you can tell that it's some shade behind that shit. And you know, this girl. So that was number one. I just felt like Ayala was wrong for that, <laughs> and she fired this girl up 
by cracking that door open and and saying that to her. I think the girl was journaling. (laughs) Like, you could have just left her alone. (laughs) Um, And then, I, you know, I really feel like she had a way, her own way of being aggressive. Even though she wasn't all up in the girl's face, she was continuously getting in her space. She was antagonizing her. Especially when Mm -hmm. the girl was, like, blowing up. Definitely provoking her. Provoking her, like, it, it was it was just too much. I didn't say that. I didn't say I love when the yellow. I Why didn't say that. that. On the board? <laughs> that wasn't on the board. That wasn't on the board. She said, now see, now see, your people didn't put that. They didn't on say the that about you. They said you're nice, you're loving. <laughs> what about disrespectful? Meanwhile, was looking for a fight. And the girl, like at that point, the communication had broken. She there called, was no getting through to this girl. Child, she called her a man-looking-ass bitch. I said, okay. So that's my other part that I wanted to touch on. Kamaya was disrespectful. She was, she was like, I will trash this. I was like, oh, my god. She was disrespectful. She was out of line. And I think Ayala hit the nail right on the head. She said, you know, all day you've been saying you don't have no emotions. But clearly, you have emotions. Yeah. And that girl, you know, it's a sad story yeah. that... What she knew as a, a perfect life was a mess, was a, a lie, yeah. was a mess, mm-hmm. was just like, and I think that Ayala, even in the introduction interview, I think she pushed too hard. It wasn't trauma informed at all. She was trying to bring that rage out, which, you know, is more. When we first sitting down, mm-hmm. like, damn. It's definitely a rage. And, and this is the whole time I'm thinking, Ayala, this is a little girl. This is not a 30 something year old person that you're used to dealing with. 19. You can't have the same approach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She was wilder. But so was Kamaya. Kamaya had the tea for her fever. You hear me? <laughs> well, and that's really unfortunate too because her behavior, Ayala made the decision in airing that. I'm being very intentional in saying Ayala made the decision to air what happened between her and this 19-year-old girl. She got episodes to produce. Yes, she did. Now, Kamaya could have issues getting a job. True. Getting into college. Like, this is going to follow her. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm wondering, like, Auntie Ayala, are you just being mean? Like, this is a 19-year-old girl. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. She was out of control though, she and when when and I'm sure she has she has had the chance to see herself on TV. I'm sure she is not like you can't be happy with that. Embarrassed. Yeah, you have yeah. to be embarrassed about that. Yeah. But we got to do better in nurturing each other, especially our children. And me and you talked about that when we came back from Chicago. How we talked about how black men raise their black sons. We have to figure out a way to stop pledging. Little boys and little girls. That's real. Okay. 24-7. Physical and Boot camp. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's real. Now, speaking of Miss Ayama, she will be on the next season of Greenleaf with none other than the queen, oh, Patti yeah. LaBelle. Hey, man! Shout out to the... Yo, shout out to the friend zone. Inspiring all the shit that I'm doing right now. Oh, okay. You know? It's nice, I guess. I mean, it's not a bite. It's more of an inspiration. It's not a bite. Is it a lick? Is it a nibble? Is it a... So on the game episode where I try to find Harry's oh, match, shit. one of the questions will be, do and you think calling? Eric likes a Because that body was like... A lick? Or what'd you say, a scratch? A scratch. <laughs> Wait, what was the question? Okay. What did you just You'll say? You'll hear it when it plays back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 
I'm, I'm meow. Oh, that's what the game show's gonna be called. Meow. Okay. What what else we got for the hung pot? P Ryan, have you been hearing about our girl Tiffany Haddish? Tiffany Haddish. Yes, that's what Wendy called her. All over um, social media. What are your thoughts? What? How do you? So remember how I said that I was with my mama watching the Oscars mm-hmm. and this whole is Tiffany Haddish too black thing that came up when we were together. And I, I hate shutting my mama down because I love the girl, Uh-oh. but I had to shut it down, okay? Because she was just like, imagine, you go find the Oscars, I act like this. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> so, how, so I had to unpack it. I was like, girl, what you mean? But so you know that's was, how a lot of people in the black community yeah. felt. She's just like, why would you act so like, you know, loud and, you know, outlandish at the Oscars when it's, you know, a place of class? And I was just like, She's being herself, and I think for so long. And I told my mom, I was like, you know, not to come against what you're saying, per se. Because I respect what she was saying. And I'm not going to say that in certain circles, I don't act the same way, right? But we have really held on to this trope of respectability. Or like this this image of respectability. Thinking that it's going to put, you know, us in good graces. Tiffany Haddish, or Haddish. (laughs) Haddish. Haddish is being herself. Yeah. Right? Can herself be a little annoying? Absolutely. Because some of her jokes, I'd be like, all right, bitch, this ain't funny, right? But she's being her true self. So what I'm going to do except say, okay, rock your, rock your thing. And not only are you being yourself, you are getting paid to be yourself. When so many of us have tried to be that respectable image and have not been as far as fast. Yeah. I like the saying, I may not be your cup of tea, but well, I'm, I'm someone else's Henny straight. Okay. <laughs> or I'm a shot of whiskey. And whatever. you know, I love me some Hennessy. However you want to, you know, however you want to put it, I feel like people just pick over us like vultures. Mm-hmm. What they don't like about our personalities, our hair, our style, our voices, our looks, what we wear, everything. And I think in the industry, you know, like the one that Tiffany is in, you got to go hard or you got to go home. Mm-hmm. Be and yourself and let that drive you. Mm-hmm. You know and what let me I'm saying? ask you this. Say if she did play into the respectable, you know, ideology, or if she was, you know, I'm a comedian, but I'm going to keep it classy today at the Oscars. Right. Then what will people, they'll be like, oh, no, she's a fake. She want to be funny as shit on, like, a, a comic stand, but when it comes to, like, regular day-to-day interaction, she wants to be poised and polished. No, nah, girl, be yourself. I love it. You jumping over the rope to see Meryl Streep, I thought was a bit much. But you yeah, know what? It's 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 a little Listen, bit of both because like, give and take. I was gonna. I agree with you one hundred percent. It's not really about me it agreeing is. with everything that you do because I may not. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, she got where she is. Like girls trip really put her on the map, yeah. and with your she broke was ass. being herself. <laughs> she was in really girls trip, <laughs> and and if that's what Hollywood wants to see, um, I, I I definitely hear. You know, folks were just saying, like, you know, be careful, you know, because sometimes white people can have a way of exploiting people. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get into that um, a little bit with the hung music. No, a whole lot of it with the hung music. But I'm just, you know, Tiffany, just do you. She's playing herself. And listen, at the end of the day, she's wearing that same dress, collecting her coin while we're doing what? Trying to find coins in different dresses. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) A read to ourselves, child. Anyway. (laughs) Let's move on to, or are we, no, 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 we have. Did you, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, did you hear um, the O2 
OJ confession. Fox, Courtney Daddy? Her Fox, Chloe Daddy? Fox aired um, this interview with OJ Simpson that they actually filmed and recorded back in 2006. But lawyers, families, everybody just agreed to release it. Mm-hmm. Um, and OJ, while laughing, he laughed a lot during the interview. It's very creepy. His voice is very creepy. He basically confesses to killing Nicole Simpson and Ronald Goldman. Let me just play this 30-second um, clip. So, I do know that black folks, a lot of black folks in the community just have always supported OJ, just like they have supported R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, at what point do we stop supporting people just because they're black and pointing out when shit is fucked up? I don't know. That's, a, that's an individual journey, child. You know, because just like you said, a lot of black people have supported R. Kelly. There are also a lot who, like, haven't. While there are a lot of people who supported OJ, there are a lot of people who are just like, nah, that nigga did that shit. Right. Right? Right. So, I really think it comes person to person. Personally, I'm not checking for OJ unless ETV or E Network releases a show called Cloj, an original reality series featuring OJ and his daughter. Cloj. <laughs> Did you catch it? Okay. Hmm. Keeping up with Cloje. <laughs> and last but not least, <laughs> don't take your dogs on United Airlines because Bitch, you and these dog journeys. <laughs> what? And I had to bring this. They up, killed y'all. them too. They killed one dog and oh, then no, turned really right did. around. Yeah, this so they had a passenger who had a dog and like a small bin that was tucked under the seat. Um, apparently, the stewardess, uh, is that what they're called? Air hostess. Air hostess. That's real Jamaican. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. <laughs> stewardess. Yes, stewardess. Forced this family to put their dog in the overhead bin. Well, when the plane landed, they took the dog out. It wasn't breathing. It was dead. Oh then they turned right around a couple of days later. Someone's, I think it looked like a German shepherd. The dog was supposed to go home with her. The dog got shipped to China. So don't trust United Airlines with your dogs. And that is all we have for Hung Pop this week. Well, bitch, we ain't getting no sponsorship from United Airlines, so <laughs> we going to stay domestic. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Hung Pop. Let's get on to the Hung Music. What you got? So for Hung Music this week, I want to put the Hung Music spotlight on Bruno Mars. Recently, there has been a lot of talk, a lot of debate, a lot of conversation on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere in the social media world about culture appropriation. 
I really can't put my finger on what I don't know if he did something that kind of sparked this conversation. I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. It seems like people just started having this conversation about cultural appropriation and then it started trending. Well, you know he's not black. No, he's not. Yeah. So I guess that's where people are like up in arms. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So I watched a video uh, made by Grapevine. Um, it actually went viral. A lot of news outlets and newspapers um, reposted the video and started this conversation about cultural appropriation. Um, Grapevine, great media outlet source, shout out to them. But they just really had a really great conversation. There were a lot of different people at the table for the discussion that had different thoughts and opinions about cultural appropriation in general and like Bruno Mars. Um, So I just wanted to bring a few of those ideas um, to this conversation for the Hung Music segment. Uh, There's an argument about appreciation versus appropriation. Mm. It was like this idea that you can appreciate an artist without appropriating them. Kind of, you know, what we do when we're citing references for a paper that we're writing for school. P. Ryan know what I'm talking about. Do I? <laughs> Plagiarizing ass. Oh. It's one or the other. PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> for me, when it comes to appreciation versus appropriation, I wanted to ask you how you feel about it. I feel like that depends on that home. That depends on not only how you present the art or the body of work, but also how you capitalize off of it. Mm-hmm. And we know that capitalism is something that runs very deep in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and is linked to, um, oftentimes linked to white supremacy. So I wanted to ask you how you felt about, can you, is there appreciation versus appropriation? Is there a difference? I think there is. And I... When you talk about this, I think the the example of appreciation versus appropriation, a person who has appreciated a culture, to me, is Michael Jackson, right? So he has been in various spaces, in various cultural spaces, but has not taken on the culture of the people with whom he does not identify, right? Like, you see him in, like, a military jacket while everybody else is in their tribal garb, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, they're all dancing. Yeah. I think that is appreciation. Appropriation, on the other hand... Um, is, for example, that common phrase, everybody want to be black until it's time to be black, mm. right? So Miley Cyrus, um, even though this song is a banger, but, like, I'm in the club, high on perp, with my shades on. Like, you know what I mean? That song was, like, now she's super dope, but that was her whole face. And, her whole face. and now she's going back to pop. Back to Malibu, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's not cool. That That's more of an appropriation side, and I, I don't think that you monopolize off of this community, but yet you've done nothing to support them. Mm. Up. Yeah. So there was also this argument that the music that Bruno Mars appropriates is from people like Prince and Guy and Michael Jackson. He came up um, quite a bit in this conversation mm-hmm. who either never got their due or had to fight for it. Michael Jackson, you just brought him up. They, you know, one of the ladies in the conversation mentioned that he had to fight to get a lot of his music videos played. According um, to Quincy Jones. Did he have to buy? Or did he steal? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's bring up the receipts. (laughs) Or it could have been a little bit of both. Okay. (laughs) So, like, you know, we have these people who, you know, really kind of, like, paved the way for people 
like Bruno and other artists alike, right? I think that this gives people like myself the idea that America loves black culture, but and as long as it's not coming from someone who is actually black. Controversial, yeah. Right. Or black, yeah. One dude said everybody appropriates. So what? And that made me bring up you make me think of um you just brought up Quincy Jones. His comment, everybody appropriates, so what, made me think of when Quincy said, um, you got to go back. Don't reinvent the wheel. Why, why are artists out here trying to reinvent the wheel? The wheel's already been invented, and you pay respect when you acknowledge that. Yeah. Isn't that what Quincy was saying? There in are certain figures that we definitely come for for appropriation. Off top, I think Kim Kardashian, I think Bruno Mars, um, you know, those those people, right? But there are people that we literally praise, but at the same time, if we do our research, we see that they're getting their inspiration from something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We see that they're getting their inspiration from, you know, works in Africa that have not been acknowledged, works in India, works in France, works in China that have not been acknowledged, but yet we choose to turn a blind eye. If we can't have the playing field equal, I'm going to just like what I like and dislike what I don't like, Right? Hope that makes sense. Can we be responsible in that? So, for example, when sure. Beyonce um, made the Girls Rule the Roll video, mm-hmm. which was amazing, she had those two dancers from Africa actually come here. France. France. My twins. Mm-hmm. And perform and take part in instead of just taking an idea she took a page and, out of and duplicated mm-hmm. she said no I'm gonna have the profession the real artist Do actually it. be a part of this experience this is why Beyonce is popping right mm-hmm. cause she took a page out of Michael's book and instead of saying alright I'm gonna just learn your dance and like you know, fuck it up on my own. I'm going to learn your dance, do it with you, but then also give you a chance to do what you do. So I'm, you know, paying homage or paying homage to your homage. <laughs> Shout out to Patty Lahell. I'm paying homage to your, you know, culture. I'm paying homage to what you brought to the table. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, P. Ryan, racial ambiguity also came up in the conversation. And I know you mentioned earlier when um, we started talking about Bruno Mars that he was not black. I had to unpack that for myself. I was like, he ain't black. I think that racial ambiguity is something that artists are not. I think a lot of people play on that shit. They love it. They love it. If you look a little black, you're in. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, it is a way that you can, again, monopolize off of the culture, which at the essence of it is appropriation. But you have these racially ambiguous people who some, we say, all right, come into the fold. And some were just like, nah, fuck you. Which one is it? Mm-hmm. In the words of Oprah, so what is the truth? <laughs> okay. I have to say that, you know, this conversation with Grapevine on, you can find the video on YouTube, was a little triggering because, I mean, you've talked about this. Black folks, we just have yet to get our things, let alone, you know, just get folks to just tell the truth about what happened, who did what, yeah. where did this come from, who invented that. We have seen examples of musical appropriation since, like, forever. I want my things in the form of $1 million. Is that it? I mean, it'll give me a good start. (laughs) (laughs) I like the (laughs) follow-up. That'll be a good start. I like that. It's a good start. It's a good start. 
But yeah, we've seen it since the beginning with folks like, you know, Big Mama Thornton with, you know, the sound, the Say dog. So. I can't talk tonight. I'm speaking too too fast. Her song Hound Dog, mm-hmm. which Elvis straight up appropriated. What didn't Elvis appropriate though? Okay. Elvis was Elvis. <laughs> Elvis was the first Kardashian. With Bob Marley. <laughs> I shot the sheriff. Eric Clapton straight up appropriated that song. So I think that, you know, this is really why this type of debate is necessary to start an even larger conversation, which Ashley points out, you know, toward the end of the video. A lot of folks were really pissed at her in Grapevine and the, and the video went viral. You know, but you know what, y'all? Like I said, this is just the beginning. Bruno, not the only one. While watching the video, I immediately thought of Icky Azalea. She literally changes the texture of her voice to rap, y'all. Like, she literally changes her voice to sound like, I guess, what she thinks is a black girl from the hood who raps. Appropriation. Right? I saw in the comments on the video on YouTube, people talking about artists like Post Malone. Right? So everybody has, you know, these feelings about appropriation. Everyone's not on the same page, but I think everybody's... A lot of people are, you know, willing to sit at the table and, and discuss it. Yeah. Um, music really runs deep in, you know, black people's blood and in our culture because there were a lot of points in history and even now that, you know, that was really all we had. To communicate. To communicate, so. you know what I mean? To hold on to, to have hope and faith. Mm-hmm. You know, gospel, you know, when you really do the research, that was us clinging on to hope and faith at times that were so dark where we didn't have anything. Everything was being stripped and taken away from us. This shit is for us. So black self-expression is just always and continues to be a sensitive subject. And it becomes really real and really raw when you add, you know, the truth, the, you know, all this historical context to the conversation. Mm-hmm. When this stuff is taken from us and remixed to the masses... It's problematic, and it's not cool. So we got to do better, y'all. Do better, bitch. So thank you, Grapevine, for having the conversation and pissing people off. More people disliked the video than liked it on YouTube. But whatever, that's not even what it is to dwell on. I think this conversation makes room for an even broader conversation in the future. That was good. I think people are just really passionate about it mm-hmm. and there's a I understand why cuz it's very it's personal. Yeah. It's really personal. You see and I I want to say it was the read. They talked about um I was listening to them this week. I'm not sure if it's the most recent episode, probably wasn't. They talked about how these award shows put black people in the weirdest categories like urban contemporary artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you put Bruno Mars in the R&B, in the pop artist uh, categories, and then you give him the award. So what is this really saying, right? We love black culture as long as we can keep black people where we want to keep them. Sure. Are you hanging up? Or are you hung up this week? Bitch, we not there yet. We still on the hung music. Oh, my bad. How you gonna miss the most important news of the week? Most important. On the run. Tell the people. Beyonce and Jay. What did we tell y'all for the past couple weeks? First of all, we said they coming, okay? 
the question now <laughs> has turned into not are they coming, but are we going? That's the real question. The real question. Because let me tell you how I was out here talking up big shit, saying that my coins were together. They're right? not together. So I'm going to just tell you my history. Okay. Last <laughs> year or the year before, whenever Beyonce released Formation, I think it was 2016, okay? I went on the tour, okay? I had me a seat because, you know, I don't do um, just pure standing because my feet be hurting. So <laughs> I got a seat like at the the closest edge of the sitting room, right? I had a cute coin for that. It was in the budget. So I was just like, okay. I also paid for my sister because it was her birthday. So I was like, if I just save up enough there, I'll be Gucci. Gooch. To, okay, okay, Gooch. Stop playing with me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good to kind of like, you know, make my way to the On The Run tour. Bitch. I, you gonna be running granted, from I was the on, on the this run website tour. where they were reselling tickets, but I saw a thousand dollar tickets. Oh no! I saw eight nine hundred dollars. I was like, "Bitch, Mm-mm. that's enough money to fund my own dreams. What I'm gonna go pay Beyonce for?" <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting here. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Live Nation emailed me today because I'm I'm not like the Beehive presale, but Live Nation emailed me and said on Friday the presale tickets will open up for Live Nation. I'm going to see what it's saying, but I might not be able to go. (laughs) I love the, I'm going to see what it's saying. I'm going to see what it's saying. (laughs) But let me let you know, if I can't see Beyonce in a cute space, because I've seen her really close up and I've seen her really far back. I'm not going to see her really far back again. So if I can't see her Mm. really close up at a cute price, that's going to be cute. I'm going to just fund my own dreams with that ticket money. Okay? Okay. Yeah, I'm really trying to go. I'm going to be also looking for tickets on Friday. So. Mm-hmm. But my question is, are we going to Philly or are you trying to go elsewhere? Because I actually was looking at that Houston um, ticket sale. Oh, so you want to spend even more money. Oh, uh, calm down. Okay, because it's not spending more money. It's called a vacation. Okay. That sounds like money to we me. We could save up the summer vacation up until September. September 19th, we there. Excuse oh, me. yeah. Okay. All right. And Houston is actually sound dope. I feel like the Houston show would be super dope. Uh, Houston and Brooklyn? No question. Mm. Let's think about it. We'll talk off air. Yeah. You call my machine, I'll call yours. Yeah. And then we can cuddle at this concert. Oh, God. Okay, cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hung up or hang up? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I am completely hung up over PJ Morton. He is a singer out of New Orleans. He recently dropped a live... You've mentioned him before. I'm obsessed. I tweeted about him this past weekend. I'm obsessed. Um, His album is super cute, super short. It's only 40 minutes, but it's unplugged. Um, It's called Gumbo. It has amazing artists on it. I don't know if you're familiar with Yeba. Why does that sound familiar? Um, She's this this white girl who blows down. She's amazing. Um, and she's on there. Lecrae is on there. They have this amazing song called um, Religion, Come on, which Lecrae. is basically my church journey. And when I tell you, I, I listened to Gumbo, um, the unplugged version, while running on like my Sunday run. And when I heard Religion, I like stopped and just started crying because I was like, oh, this is my entire journey. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's so good. Shout out to PJ Morton. I really hope to see him in concert. We can talk about those ticket prices because they're only $40, <laughs> but they're not close to us. So, hey. Nothing wrong with a little travel. Ain't nothing wrong. I don't see nothing wrong <laughs> with a little 
plane and train. <laughs> okay? Take that how you will. Oh, you feeling R. Kelly? Oh, bitch, I thought that was genuine. Oh, genuine is my pony. Yes. Take it back. Delete all that shit, Piggy. <laughs> Piggy. Delete all that shit. Are you done? I'm finished. <laughs> how about you? Are you hanging up or hung up? This week, I'm hung up. One? I am hung up on young man. Um, his name is Justin Blackman. Many of you may have heard of him. Uh, I believe yesterday was National Student Walkout Day, where high schools and schools across the world, it wasn't just the United States, but across the world, um, walked out to pay respect to the lives lost at the, you know, the, re- the recent tragedy. Um, and Justin Blackman made the news because he was the only student at his high school in Goldsboro, Goldsboro, North Carolina to walk out. He was the only student, and he filmed himself uh, walking out. I'm not sure if he was on a Snap, Facebook, whatever. Probably all of that shit. Um, he filmed himself walking out, and you could hear him. Um, this article I'm reading um, from The Root, the wind blowing around him, you could hear six people watching this, hopefully. Six people were watching it at the time, but he didn't know that it would go to three over three million. The, the, the video went viral. And, you know, I just want to say, you know, re- much respect to Mr. Justin Blackman for just standing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a hero. And despite what other people were doing, he was strong enough at the age of 16. He was strong enough to stand strong in how he felt and what he believed in. And he walked out on faith. And that is the story of a lot of little black boys in America that are often um, ignored, especially just because they come from a certain area mm-hmm. where a lot of these young men are actually well-equipped, over-equipped to deal <laughs> with this world um, because they have had to really just deal with so much in a short period of time. Yeah. So to close my hung up out, I mentioned earlier that my hung up would incorporate some of the things that uh, P. Ryan was mentioned earlier. I believe in his check-in. I want to share these lyrics because Justin inspires these lyrics that I'm about to read from Janae's recent album, um, a song called Frequency. But I feel like it also inspires all of us. It inspires me for sure. And I hope it will inspire everyone listening. And It should really speak to the older generation who has a responsibility to show and give love um, to all of us and help us try to avoid some of those things that you had to encounter um, when you were growing up. And the lyrics go, free my city, free my seed. Bless my situation, show me love. Bless the generation and let them know that you love and that there is love. Lead them from temptation, make them royalty. 
all the things we're facing make us question it. Lead us to salvation. Pour that oil, please. That's how we become kings and queens. Well, my loves, that is that has been ooh, Merlin. That has been another episode, or this has been another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. As always, I am P Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I am P R Y A N. I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a lot, y'all. He is mostly on Instagram. He up a storm. I don't. I don't. Even oh, have, you said no you don't. One be? Follows me on I Twitter. I thought you do be on Twitter. I had like a moment. You be on the Instagram a lot. And then I faded to black. Yeah, Instagram is kind of like my thing. And I post for our Instagram. So like that's usually where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Find us both on Instagram and Twitter at HungUpPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. You can email us, contact us, reach out to us at HungUpPod at gmail.com. And speaking of which, Eric doesn't know this, but surprise, bitch, because it wouldn't have happened without you. The Hung Up Pod is currently um, on the directory for Pods in Color. Um, thank you so much to Barry for featuring us. Are you serious? Bitches are bad and bitches are out here. So, Wait, yeah. are you serious? I'm very serious. So, just got the email notification before I came in today. Um, I'm excited. Oh, my gosh. And I thank that is you so for dope. making that happen. That is um, so dope. Yes. So if you're looking through a podcast that directory, so you might find some niggas. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> And last so but not least, rate us and review us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the places you can find a man and just might marry him if you choose to balance both him and your professional goals. <laughs> Keeping it relevant to the to the top. Okay. I like that, P. Ryan. Okay. Let's say goodnight to the people. Good night. Can we click click first? Click and click. Peace. Bye. I believe in you. Yeah. And both the door to my very soul. You're the light in my deepest dark.